In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of koi gear, casting, and klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's March 29th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 71 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the scene of rampant chocolate bunny slaughter. There is chocolate blood madness everywhere, and I have them corralled over next to the hot steaming milk. Well, maybe we shouldn't have gotten those chocolate bunnies that are filmed with cherry goo. (laughs) Their cries are filling the air, but I just don't care. Well, it's not like they can hear each other. Not after you've bitten your ears off. No. We did them a favor. Yep. (laughs) Yes, we are sick, twisted, wrong people, but you listen to it. (laughs) And you probably nodded in agreement and laughed. (laughs) Okay, hands up, people. Who, when they were kids and got chocolate bunnies, bit the butt off them first? (laughs) My brother and I can't have been the only ones. Okay. Or made, you know, random little, no, no, don't eat me, before we hopped off their heads. Nom, 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 nom. The T-Rex chocolate, the chocolate T-Rex is coming after the bunny. (laughs) Well, of course, that's the nice thing about the day after Easter. Mass chocolate. Cheap chocolate. Yeah. I have plans, man. I have plans for a nice lamb stew as well. I have expectations that lamb will probably go down in price (laughs) the week after. Anyway. Yes, now that any of our vegetarian listeners have stopped um, listening. Yep, sorry. Um, yeah, that was wrong. So anyways, we hope you had a happy Easter and that the Easter bunny or the spirit of spring or whatever it is that you like to celebrate at this time has been good to you. Because, hey, it actually felt like spring out there today. Or the half-price chocolate fairies. Yeah, the half-price chocolate fairies are good people to, <laughs> that's, you know, world worldwide. That's a, that's a holiday everyone <laughs> can get behind. I have to draw her now. <laughs> the half-price chocolate fairies? Yes. Damn it. I keep saying that on this podcast. I have the weirdest drawing inspirations on this podcast. Damn you. (laughs) But yes, and it is actually somewhat feeling springish today. It's all, it was awesome today. Yay! Damn. And it's light out longer today. I know. I actually left the house to come over here with just a sweater on, not like a sweater and a hoodie and a coat and, and, and. And would you like to mention what sweater you're wearing? <laughs> As we move into our knitting. It's done, bitches! Yes. yes, I finished it in time. It is the one-by-one one slice of crazy pie, because that's what I'm now calling it. It's either the sweater that will not die or the slice of crazy pie sweater. Yeah. And yes, it is done. It was done in time for my birthday. Yes. It's official, official name is the Easy Ruffle Cardigan, or the Easy Ruffle Coat, if you wanna, whichever. Yeah, if you want to go by what the, you know, the PDF or the paper actually says. but Yes. Well, you know... <laughs> And people can't exactly put in one by one slice of crazy pie on Ravelry and find it. So. I know, I know. But, but if you have not named it that in your Ravelry projects, you need to go back and Yeah, I it. need to name that. <laughs> but I was getting down to the last 30 stitches of binding this off. Yes. And Newbie was over at the house um, doing research for her paper. And she had come up to the kitchen, you know, my, my area where I'm sitting down at the table is just off the kitchen. She'd come up to get you know, refill her coffee and stopped. And she came over, sat down next to the table and just watched me. I'm like, what are you doing? I've got to see this finished. (laughs) This has been such a part of your world. I need to see it finished. This is now a spectator sport. Yes, it is. So yes, I finished it, bound it off, tied it all up. Oh wait, that sounded wrong. Woven all the ends and wore it to work for my birthday the next day. Yay! So yeah, I got it done in time, but damn. 
I was tired of one by one for a while. I still am. Yeah, I can see why you would be. It is comfy, though. It looks comfy. It looks great on you. It looks lovely. It's squishy it comfy. So cozy and and it can go into very flattering and it can go into the early parts of spring. Yeah, or you could keep it in the office for summer when the air conditioning is cranked up too t- up too high. Yeah, I hate that about office. You know, that's why people get so sick in offices. It's not because of air circulation. It's because they have you know people go all wonky with the climate control. Yeah, the only thing I'm getting at work is heat stroke. <laughs> Okay, sorry. <laughs> so yes, I have finished it, and so having finished that, I was like bolting ahead on this baby blanket, and guess what came off the needles literally a half hour before I packed up to come over here? Yay! This is the chalice baby blanket for a coworker. Would it be possible for me to borrow some blocking wires? Probably. <laughs> what is this made out of? This is acrylic. Yeah, I don't think it's really going to block. No? Acrylic doesn't really block that ah, much. Boo. I have one more baby blanket to knit, but I do not have the yarn for it at this time because the color for the nursery is very, very specific, and I mean uber specific. Like practically giving you paint chips specific? Something like that. <laughs> like here's the Pantone numbers? Something like that. <laughs> but um, I do want to get it right, so I'm going to wait until either there's the opportunity, because I've I did not do this on my work hours, and I will deny anything you said. Um, <laughs> I did a little bit of research for different yarns in a superwash, because obviously if it's for a baby, mm-hmm. save yourself the hassle. Don't don't give them anything that can't go through a washing machine. Yeah. And went and researched different colors. Different companies call, you know, these, it's the uber, uber deep purples that are almost black. Yeah. So that project will come, I think, right now. I just want to, A... I want to just handle something small for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like a mitten. Yeah. <laughs> something that can be the brain dead. Yeah, something that will actually fit in your purse. Something that will fit in my purse and doesn't have an immediate deadline. <laughs> yes. You know, this can this can be for Christmas of 2020. Yeah. Right? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And I will get to this maybe in a few more weeks after my brain has come back from I can't deal with your projects anymore. Yeah. Oh, and I that wanted, sounds like a plan. I wanted to send out a big thank you to everybody who sent me messages for my birthday. Yes, I did get pinged. Yay! Thank you very much. And oh, yes. I, I may have sort of just found a new addiction. Yes, because I was about to say. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Michelle, the, the illustrious Michelle, came over to the house, and she has been saying that she has a wheel that sort of, like, needs some exercise. Sort of thing. It's kind of like a horse. You know, you can't just leave it in the stable all the time. It yes. needs to come out, breathe the air, run around a little bit, frolic and amongst the daisies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, I got a spinning lesson today. Yay! And oh god, I'm addicted. And you have a wheel to borrow. Yes, the wheel is still in my studio with a bunch of roving. Yeah. She she brought over a chunk, you know, for me to practice with. I will admit that. That to begin with, I was doing the thick, thin, thick, thin, thick, thin, holy crap, I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. Because it's kind of like driving a car for the first time. Yeah. Where the hell are all my appendages and why don't they all work together? Yeah, and, you know, like driving a car the first time, you need to figure out, okay, how hard do I step on the pedal? Yeah. How hard do I step on the brake? You know, there's all that sort of stuff to But to after a out. little while, I sort of got the hang of it. One by one, I recognized the things I was doing wrong. I was holding my hands too close together, and so obviously I couldn't 
pull the fiber yeah. apart. So I started to correct myself one at a time. And I, it's sort of like balancing the spinning plates on the on the sticks. Yeah. You sort of running around in your head going, okay, all right, my, 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 I'm relaxed, my hands are apart, and I'm just letting it go. Oh, it, twig- it twiggled and twisted up. Okay, unraveled that and letting it go again. Oh, it's going backwards. Okay, let's do this one more time. And okay, I got to draft on a little bit more. And, you know, this is sort of like yeah. a conversation going on in your head. But after Michelle left, you know, I went upstairs and I finished off this blanket. And I'm like, okay, I, I need to walk away from it for a little while because I can't just sit down there for hours at a time. I have to be able to learn how to go back to it and start it again. So after about an hour of being upstairs, I went back downstairs. I'm like, I'll just sit down and see what happens. And I went through four, like, lengths of roving. And I'm like, oh my god, it's so much easier. It's like, just a couple of hours. It's so much easier. I am so hooked. We need Yay! to wrap this up so I can go home. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Sorry, bye-bye. So yes, you have a new... I have a new addiction. Addiction. And I've been telling the husband, no, this is a good thing because I have to relax for it to work. If you're all tight, yeah. <laughs> then nothing works on the wheel. So I have to relax in order to be able to spin. And mm-hmm. he's just looking at me going, I am so not buying this. This is covered in so much BS. I am not buying it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm looking at him with these big puppy dog eyes. Really, honey? It's good for me. <laughs> it's stress relief and everything like that. And now when you go to the frolic. I can actually look at the roving. You can look at roving, too. Oh, gosh. And speaking at looking at uh, rovings and yarns and stuff, the newbie is home for Easter. Mm-hmm. Right right now, but she's been emailing me. Those of us that are at the knitting group will have known she her next project that she wants to do is a shawl for herself. Mm-hmm. So we've sort of coached her into, okay, maybe not a full shawl, maybe a shawlette. Yeah. And it does not have to be lace. Yeah. At, which was a revelation to her. So I'm just letting you guys know out there as well. Shawls or shawlettes don't have to be lace. Yes. There okay. are tons of shawls on Ravelry that are like garter stitch or stripey or... Or like worsted weight yeah. and whatever. But she found a pattern and sent it to me. And it was a bulky weight. And it was using only like 220 yards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is good because this is a very small amount of yarn. Mm-hmm. And you can handle it easily. It's bulky weight. I will point out, though, and I will link the pattern. I think it's um, Glamorous Sky something or other. I will point out that part of the reason I, why their shawl is glamorous is because it has sequins spun into the yarn. Mm-hmm. So that's why it looks all sparkly and pretty. Yeah. You can do. You can get yarn like that. Yes. So you have a, your choice of ordering their yarn, having a plain yarn, or when we go to the Knitter's Frolic, you can look for something similar to that. Mm-hmm. But So just saying, but she's really excited that she found a pattern that she likes and... She's, she's like doing the super excited dance, just like I am with the spinning right now. Yay! Yay! Yes. Oh my god, I can't wait till the frolic, man. I now can't wait till the frolic. I cannot wait! It's less, slightly less than a month away! Oh my god. <laughs> it's like, I just got dollar signs just coming out my eyes. Yep. So is that it for you? I think so. Yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind week, and maybe in another two weeks, I'll tell you guys why. Okay, so. Okay, so, in things what I am working on, and things what are getting progress. I have finished the first sock of my Cachuera socks. Nice. Well, finished as in I have not Kitchener the toe yet. You have such a problem with that (laughs) from your own mouth. (laughs) 
But anyway, so I did finish the foot on one sock, and I, I didn't bother reading the instructions for doing the toe-in, and I just decided to replicate the heel stitch pattern, where there is, you know, section of the the sort of the twisted one-by-one ribbing at the sides that make the little waterfall mm-hmm. shape continue into the heel flap as twisted one-by-one ribbing, and then where the lace panel is, they just do, like, regular two-by-two ribbing. I did the same thing on the toe and just used the one of the, the twisted ribs as the sort of decrease point for my toe. And I just sort of decreased as much as I needed to because it was kind of like, I did four repeats of the pattern and then I sort of stuck it on my foot and it's like, well, it's not quite far enough to start doing the toe, but it's not quite far enough away to get in a full repeat and still then have lots of space to do the toe. I did have to sort of, you know, just wing it with the toe to fit it in. But Such so I did five repeats all together of that all together and then I love this pattern. The toe. I don't know, maybe it's because all the socks unit. I just want to turn around and knit myself. But yeah, so first sock is done. And as I said, these are the Cachuera socks from the Spring 2009 Nitty by Christy Geraci. And the second sock, I am on that fifth pattern repeat on the foot. So I just need to finish this pattern repeat. Okay, actually, I'm about to start that fifth repeat, that fifth pattern repeat on the foot. So I just need to do that and then do the toe. And then I will be done these. So, you know, I should be done these by, like, done done these by the next time we podcast. Okay. By, like, next week. You heard it here. Hold her accountable, people. And then the last couple days, I have been working a little bit when I've had a moment to sit on my Lakeshore Shawl by Glenessy. And I am almost done the first repeat of the second chart. Because there's basically three different, there's two different lace patterns in the body, which each have their own separate chart. And then there's a separate chart for a knit on edging. So basically for the second chart, what you do is you work the chart once and then you work basically half the chart. Okay. Again. So I am almost done that first repeat of the fountain, the second chart, which is the fountain lace chart. And the chart is like 32 rows. Wow. So I have to do another 16 rows. So it's not a sort of memorizer then? Not really. <laughs> like once I get into it, there is a sp- certain like pattern that something I can intu- follow. Something intuitive. But it's definitely not something that I could leave the chart at home. And I do need to have a fair bit of concentration for this one. But so once I get the next, those 16 rows done, then I will be able to start the, start the edging, which is basically a four row pattern repeat, but you knit it onto the edge. So you're going to get sideways. Okay. And there's going to be a fuck ton of stitches <laughs> that I have to connect it to. So that's going to be a while. So I don't think... I, I would like to have this finished by the time we go to the frolic. I would oh, like to actually wear it to the frolic. Okay. However, I don't want to only work on this or, you know, I, this isn't a deadline that I really... I am hugely invested in getting to. I would like to finish this. I would like to have the finished object and everything like that. It's just, you know, I'm just not extremely invested in that particular deadline. That's fair. Especially because I have another exam coming up. <laughs> oh, come on. Since when do exams come in front of knitting? Sadly, when one is paying for them. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. They have to. Ugh. Responsibility. It sucks. Don't grow up. It's a trap. <laughs> so, yes, I have that to work on. Though, the there is one incentive to work on it and get it finished up. Yes. Because... <laughs> I might have another skein of yarn on its way towards me. Oh, really? Yes. And again, this does not count in the trying not to buy yarn. Because? Because 
Again, it is Wolmeiser. Okay. It is actually Wolmeiser Lace. Okay. Which I have got from the Loopy U, and which I have never, I have never even been close when it, when they have put up an update of the lace yarn. Like, I've always seen the notice that, oh, hey, there was an update, like, four hours later. So, there has, I have wanted to see it, I wanted to try the lace yarn, but I have never, but it, it comes up so rarely, and I have never even cl- been close to being able to get any. So this time, when I happened to be online, and happened to check Twitter, like, three minutes after the notice went up, I jumped on that. I pounced on that like you would on Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. <laughs> I can empathize. Jumped on him like a toddler on a trampoline. Yeah. So that is on its way to me. All right. As well. Because it's bald mice, I can't really argue too much. Yeah. And I got it in the Neptune colorway. Uber deep teal. Yes. Because that's what my my, well, my socks are made out of. Yep. Awesome. Yes. So I remember you coveting that and threatening to take that home in your bosom. Yeah. And actually looking at the yardage and everything, I think, and considering the color, I think this would be the perfect one to make the Fiddlesticks Knitting Peacock. Shawl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is gorgeous, and which I actually, I have owned the pattern for ages, I just haven't made it yet. That would be a good piece. And I've been, always been intending to get the yarn for it at some point. Perfect. Perfect. Once I found the perfect yarn. So it's kismet. Absolute. Yep. Okay. Well, I guess then it doesn't count as stash. Nope. And you get a hell of a lot of yarn. You get like 1,700 yards. Mm, damn. Slightly more. I mean, it is, on um, Loopy U, it is like 52 bucks for a game. Still, but that's, you know... That could be two shawls, depending on what pattern yeah. you chose. Yeah. If you, there's a lot of shawls, like regular size shawls, that take like 800 yards of lace weight. So you could do two of those. Yeah, you could. For one's game. Dang. So there was so many pretty colors and I was so tempted, but I'm like, no, if you buy another skein of this, it's going to be over $100. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not spending that much money in one shot at this moment because holy crap. That was, uh, that was around the time when I emailed you and said I might have a NyQuil idea, right? Yes. Okay, I understand. <laughs> oh, as a little side note, I totally forgot to mention this last week. But uh, after sometime after March break, I think it was the weekend after March break, I actually saw Wreck It Ralph. Oh, that's right. I rented it through iTunes. It's really cute. Oh my god, I love it. That's what everybody's been saying. I was having feels and getting kind of teary at certain points. Aw, it was so sweet. And if you are a fan, uh, or if you have any experience with like old arcade or NES, like, Nintendo system games, that sort of thing, you need to watch this movie because it's hilarious. There's lots and lots of references to older games. Cool. And even just the way they've made, they've created this whole world is just amazing. Like, all the games, all the games in this arcade plug into a power bar. Right. So the inside of the power bar is Game Central Station. Nice. With doors to all the different games so people can come in and go into other games and visit their friends and all sorts of cool oh, stuff. Good it Lord. is so awesome. Okay. I love it so much. But yes, I would highly recommend that one. So moving into Geek Squee, you have a review for something very special that you saw, right? Well, I have a report. A report. Okay. Of it. And I might mention, if you're extremely spoiler phobic for the next Hobbit movie, you may want to stop listening now. I'll put in the code to when you can come back. Go make a hot chocolate or something. 
There's nothing too, there's nothing, obviously nothing too spoilery in this because, I mean, it was a live sort of preview of an interview with Peter Jackson. And you know, he's not going to show you anything terribly spoilery, but I know there's sometimes people who don't even, don't even like watching the trailers or anything like that. So if you are one of those people, you might want to look away now. So yes, it was the Hobbit part two sneak peek that was last Sunday, Mm -hmm. which if you bought a copy of the Hobbit between the day it was released on the 19th, at least here in North America, and the day the the um, sneak peek happened, which was the 24th, you had a code inside your DVD for a the download of the movie, and you used that code to log in to the website and actually watch the, the sneak peek. And I was cool. actually able to plug my computer up to my TV, so I had it on the TV. I basically took over the TV for an entire hour. This thing was an hour long. Good. There was an hour, there was a lot of questions and answers. People could tweet. I think the hashtag was AskPeter. Okay. So, or AskPeterLive. So people could actually tweet in questions, and there was like a little scroll at the bottom showing people's tweets. And they had some special guest questions. Okay. Which I will reveal later in a minute. So basically, um, it was hosted by, it was hosted by Peter Jackson and Jed Brophy, who plays Nori. And you wouldn't recognize him outside of the, <laughs> outside of the, uh. I don't think you'd recognize half of these guys. Yeah. Most, most of, there's a couple of the dwarves. I have seen them in other stuff, like James Nesbitt, who plays Bofer. Mm-hmm. He was in a really, a really good series called, uh, Jekyll, as well as a miniseries, as well as he's been a bun- in a bunch of other British series that we've liked. And I didn't actually realize he was in the movie until I happened to look it up on IMDb, because I totally didn't recognize him when he was in his costume. But anyway, so basically it starts off in Peter Jackson can't resist making a little time travel joke because, of course, it was Sunday afternoon here, Monday morning in Wellington, New Zealand. So he's like, ta-da, here's Monday's paper. We're coming to you from the future. It's like, yes, PJ. (laughs) Lol, time zones. So it's kind of neat because they gave, he gave like a little tour of their sort of post-production studio and we got to see, we could see them doing some of the motion capture stuff. Okay. So the, the pale orc. And one of the other orcs were miming some of the stuff in mocap. And it was kind of neat because they were wearing the suits with, like, the ping pong balls and stuff all over it. Oh, okay. And then on monitors, they actually had, like, the characters okay. doing the movements. They had already sort of translated it into a rough version of the characters. So it's kind of neat seeing them do it, but obviously not spoilery. You know, it takes us upstairs to the design department. And there's, like, sketches and drawings and stuff everywhere. That's where I'd probably just stand and my brain would explode and I'd die happy. Yeah, you would have loved it. I know. You would love to be in that room. And of course, PJ couldn't help but tease us with like, here's your first view of smog. Haha, <laughs> it's just a cartoon red dragon. It's not smog, really. Yeah. Because die in all the fires. Thank yeah, you very much. I should say like, right off the bat, we don't get to see smog. We don't get to hear any of the Cumberbatch. You know, it's obviously, I was kind of, you know, I'm kind of, I was kind of hoping that we would get, maybe get a small glimpse, but I knew there was a 99% chance that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So, but it's kind of neat. They were showing like the edit suite and everything like that. Oh, one of the things they did show was they had the, the department in the design department, they had little, a couple little set models and stuff like that and drawings. And there was one of a set they didn't use. I don't know if they, I forget if they mentioned if they didn't build it or if the scene just wasn't the movie. But the set was the Rivendell Library. Oh, like, oh shit! <laughs> I would love to see that. Oh my god, Flail! It would love be awesome to be the librarian at Rivendell. <laughs> That'd be so cool. But anyway, so most of the most of the 
the actual show was in the actual edi- editing suite they used because that way they have like a special editing suite with like the biggest TV you can get. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a hundred and something inches so that he has, can actually get a good idea of what the movie's going to look like. And they're in the process of editing the second movie. So obviously there wasn't like, there's no trailer yet. Cannot wait to see the trailer. <laughs> oh my God. But he was able to show a couple little things. Like he showed one scene with, the dwarves and Bilbo in a boat heading to Lake Town. Okay. And it was kind of neat. They showed the scene over and over, and they showed how they get different coverage from different camera angles so that they can edit it together into one scene. All right. And so they showed you all the different camera angles and different takes, and then they showed the final sort of scene as they've edited it together. And, of course, there's green screen in the background. But it's also kind of neat to view because then you get to see Martin Freeman doing his line over like and over, again. over and over again, but you hear how he changes it and how he changes the performance so that, you know, Peter Jackson can later decide what he wants to, what tone he wants to do with it. Okay. And, of course, and Bilbo's whining again, saying, that we have a saying in the Shire, never travel east. <laughs> and they did refer to Keeley in the, in the shot. Uh, in one of the shots, as the hot dwarf. So apparently they are paying attention to the fandom. So does, uh, <laughs> is that no longer Thorin? Is Thorin no longer the hot dwarf? He is hot, but I, I think most of the... The fan base has voted Keeley? At least the Tumblr end of the fan base okay. I've seen, it seems to be going for Keeley. Okay. Well, those, there, there, is, there are a lot of Thorin people, too. I think there might be a slight age difference between the two groups. True, true. <laughs> they might appeal to different segments of the population. Okay, so he also, they also had, people had been able to submit YouTube questions that Peter was going to respond to. So someone asked, like, with this movie, because now the movies are built, put into three movies, you know, comparing this one to The Two Towers and how hard is it to create that sort of middle chapter, which doesn't, has to have a beginning and an ending, but not a beginning, beginning and an ending, ending. Right, it's a difficult movie. Yeah. So the, he said, like, trio. Yeah, he said it's this actually worked. It actually worked, especially especially in the context of expanding the movies because they can build more stuff into it. And as he was sort of talking, they were showing some stuff in the background. So he was able to show like some of the raw footage that they filmed in the background. And so he was talking about you know how they were they had been able to expand what Gandalf's doing and see what he's doing. We get to see more of what the elves are doing, and we got to see some more of Thranduil, <laughs> who. I, I I cannot wait to see this in the movie because at least in the shot we saw when the dwarves come in to the the elves uh-huh. the wood elves domain, right? Thranduil is sitting on the on the throne, sort of like Loki in Thor. He's not so much sitting on the throne as he is lounging, lounging. draped in it. Like I am so important, I can just lounge in this thing. Bitches gotta recognize. <laughs> And if you've seen any of the party Thranduil drawings and things on Tumblr, I half expected him to have a cup of something, a solo cup of something in his hand when nice. he was doing it. We also got to see a little bit of Legolas, too. Okay. Because they were showing some of the... They were, when they, he was also saying they were, so they were able to, you know, get Legolas in there and show some of the between... the Sort of the politics and stuff that's going on in the elf kingdom during this time, too. Okay. And... There was actually, there's actually one shot, I've seen lots of screen caps of it on Tumblr, where Thranduil, he's not wearing that crown, right. that kind of spiky crown, and when he's just got his hair down, like his long white hair down over this sort of, you know, heavily embroidered robe, I keep looking at him and be like, damn, you look like Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is where the, the Malfoys came from. Yeah. Especially because there's one where he's holding like a staff or something, I'm like, oh my god, he looks like Lucius Malfoy. 
Ah, uh, Legolas and Draco, both with douchey dads, basically. Oh, well. But they turned out okay. So, well, oh, and maybe he, not Draco. Yeah. And Drake. he said they were able to see, to, you were able to see more of the world of men, too, and get more backstory there about what's going on with them and sort of setting up for the final movie in that way. Okay. And amongst the, those men, one of the comments they got, or one of the, the, the commenters they had from, was Stephen Fry. I was gonna ask. Cause he's in the second yes. movie. I'm like, Oh my god, this is gonna be so awesome! He's uh, he's the mayor of Lake Town. Yeah, he's he? the master of Lake Town. And they were showing like you could see a couple little clips of his role in the background. And oh my god, <laughs> he just seems so perfect for it. I read um, somebody asked him about what, how was it going out there to film your part for The Hobbit, and his his biggest answer was it was filthy, it was dirty. He kept wanting, me, he kept asking me to do things, and I couldn't clean myself and i'm like oh steven you're so cute <laughs> yeah and they do have a little running gag for the next little while of like stephen fry making a joke that stephen fry is just nattering on and on and on and on and on so they cut away and then they come back and so stephen fry is still talking so but he was talking basically about how you know he gets to do this sort of more satirical sort of role with the the master of lake town which oh my god i can't wait to see this he's gonna be good <laughs> this at is that. gonna be fun yeah there was a question from the youtube the YouTubers from China. Is Orlando Bloom like Legolas? And Peter Jackson was saying that no, he's really laid back and showed some sort of goofy, almost outtakey sort of stuff. Okay. Bloom. Um, and then one of them also had a question to Peter about what moment he's most looking forward to. And he said the the confrontation between Smaug and Bilbo. We did get to see a couple little scenes of them filming Bilbo's half. Mm-hmm. So we get to see Bilbo... I think there was, like, one line we got to hear, and we sort of got to see him sort of running around in that monstrous pile of coins. But I just kept looking at being like, oh my god, I cannot wait to see the finest thing, final thing when the actual dragon is there and it sounds like that cover match. It's going to be just going to be hilarious. There was a, ca- a, ca- a question from, ca- from Canada, too. Oh. Yay. I'm basically asking about the new characters that they're having. So they mentioned um, there is Bard the Bowman. Okay. Who is going to be in this one? Boatman. Sorry. Bard the Boatman, who they, he's described as sort of be sort of roguish and Robin Hoodish and, you know, not really an accepted member of society. Of society in Lake okay. Town. And he seems to, you know, be doing a lot of running around with the dwarves and stuff like that. So it looks really, really cool. Okay. Okay. This is cool. I can't wait to see it. We also got to see the female elf character. The female elf character. Yes, the female elf character that has been explicitly created for For the movie. movie. And she does look awesome. She's all armored up and like being a badass. So is she one of the Mirkwood elves? Yep. Okay, so she's a white She's like, she's she comes marching in next to Legolas. Yeah, she's one of the Woodland Guards. She's basically like Thranduil's bodyguard. Okay. One of his bodyguards. So she looks like she's going to be badass. Cool. That's good. And she does a lot of, like, fighting scenes and stuff. I am so done with, you know, dark-haired elves just wilting onto pillows. <laughs> um, someone else asked about his favorite weapon, PJ's favorite weapon, and he brought it out. It's Theoden's sword. He <laughs> actually had it, and was like, they pulled it out, and he's like, this is awesome for these reasons, and he's like, because it's like, it's an actual, the one that he had there is an actual sword. sword. Yeah. It's heavy, and it's all, like, fancy decorated, and there's all the, the Viking and Anglo-Saxon sort of look to it, and it's like, damn, you people are really good at paying attention to detail. Yeah. This is why you're awesome. And this is why we are happy to have you take our money. Yeah. Oh, yes. One of the other questions that they got was from Stephen Colbert. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, lay it on me. Lay it on me. 
basically, he was asking if they were going to be showing or make it clear in the movie sort of the difference between, you know, the wood elves and the other, you know, groups of elves that the wood elves sort of are in charge of or rule over. Mm -hmm. And he gave the names, which I sort of scribbled down, but I don't think I can read now. The lesser elves. And basically, and there was some, you know, of course, Colbert goes on explains it for a little while just so he can show off that he's how much of a Tolkien nerd he is. He is the Tolkien Tolkien nerd. nerd. He has defended that title. Yes. A couple of times. So basically, Peter Jackson was able to soothe Colbert's fears and say that yes, they are Addressing, addressing the difference. Okay. In the movie. That's pretty cool, because they didn't really go into that with the first trilogy. Yeah. And which, like he, like he said, is part of one of the things that they're going to be, they have been able to expand because now they have the three movies and they can include more stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. One of the other celebrities that they had, or one of the other people that they had asking questions or addressing, saying hello to everybody. Yeah. Was Lee Pace, who's playing Thranduil. <laughs> and they were showing, they were showing a couple scenes with, like, him confronting Thorin. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to see this. There's one where he's like, literally, their their faces are like a foot apart. It's practically like, now kiss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes. You oh. just want to smush their heads together? Yes. And he said that um, it's going to be interesting because, of course, they have to go into Thranduil's kingdom and sort of ask for his help. So he says, you know, now the shoe is on the other foot and they have to come into my house and deal and ask me for help. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and they said, well... His character, at least, yeah, is going to take advantage of that. Yeah, not going to take the high road in that situation. Um, Billy Boyd also said hello. Aww, Pippin. Yeah, from Lord of the Rings. I can't think of him as anything but Pippin. I'm yeah. sorry. So he was just saying hello and don't forget your favorite Hobbit. Yes, basically. <laughs> um, we got to see there were some drawings that Peter held up, like like Mirkwood. We got to see the the sort of concept concept drawings for the elves kingdom. Okay. It sort of looks like it's built sort of in like the roots of the trees, so it is all it's slightly sort of undergroundish, but there's still like light coming in from above. Alright. Stuff like that. So it's not quite dwarf like tunnels underground sort of thing. But it it does look more sinister and creepy and and oh yeah and Dom Monahan also. So we had Pippin and we also had Mary. Where one goes, the other will shortly follow. Uh someone asked if the necromancer was going to be a larger thing in the part two. And Peter Jackson basically said yes. And that, and that was it. it. Yeah. He's like, I'm not saying anything else. Thank you, Peter. So because, because because there was no trailer, we did get to see a little shot, a little scene that they had actually finished. And I think it was because, if I remember correctly, actually, one of the images, I remember one of the images, I think, seeing it in the first trailer. So I think it might have actually been finished because they had been planning it would be in the first movie. And then they decided to expand it to three. Okay. So it got moved to the second. And basically, it's um, Gandalf goes to investigate, goes to the High Fells to investigate the the tombs of the King of Angmar. Okay. And the other nine. And I seem to remember in the trailer there was a shot where he's sort of like, there's like it's like a square, obviously sort of man-made pit, and there are these very sort of shallow stairs along the wall, and he's sort of edging along the wall down these stone stairs. What you can actually see is he's heading towards this sort of hole in the the side of the pit, and there's gates like these these metal bars 
that have been, you know, twisted and bent and broken so that the hole is open. And of course, that's the tomb of the King of Angmar. So he's going to investigate and he finds Radagast there. And so he's going to see like how, you know, how Radagast got the, the sword that he was showing to the, the White Council. And, you know, so he, he's discussing this with Radagast. And at one point, Gandalf leans out and shines, you know, the light from his staff. And you can see down the pit, there are more little doorways with bars over them. And the bars have been broken all the way going going all the way down yeah. and there's actually a, a line he says something about there uh, there were a number that were buried here in fact there were nine which is where anybody who's watched lord of the rings starts getting chills yep we knows what the nine and is and then radagast is like why would someone want to break into these and gandalf's like no one broke in they something broke, broke out, out. <laughs> and it's like oh my god i can't wait to see this new album and then they had they had all sorts of little clippy things at the end, but by that time my laptop battery was starting to die. It started to die like as they were showing the scene. I'm like, oh shit, hang on, laptop! Just long enough to see me the rest of the scene. But yes, so we got to see little tiny teasery bits. And it was kind of nice getting to see, like, like I said, some of the new characters and especially like the new like female elf that they've okay. created. Yeah. And because I will not say nay to a a strong badass girl, badass female yeah. character. Because I mean, I know there are all sorts of reasons. I know the historical context and everything like that. But it is a total sausage fest. So originally, so yeah, <laughs> it's kind of nice to have the I, character. I love and that. I know, I know the Tolkien purists are going nuts, but we shall see how it turns out. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can say that because I didn't because I didn't read this book as a child, and it's not like. Oh my god, this thing that I love that I hold up, you know. I do love it and everything like that, but it doesn't have that same emotion deep. You love the evolution of it as yes. well. Yeah. Yes, I the deep sort of emotional connection from years and years of experience with it. And to answer a question that has come up in the threads before, yes, we will be having another Hobbit along in anticipation of the next movie. Yes, we will. I may have decided on my project my yarn for it. Karen showed us her project and her yarn, and she is officially going to be checked into a mental institution. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it is badass. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Badass. Dude, okay, is it more or less crazy than the cape? Well, the cape wasn't lace. No, but the cape was like like crazy-ass cable work, It though. was crazy-ass cable work, I will admit that. I don't know, okay? I just don't know. <laughs> cable work is your forte, and lace is your forte. So if you combine the two together for the third movie, I swear to God, I'm hitting you over the head and dropping you, like, into a padded cell. Hmm. Now I'm thinking. Anyway. Don't hurt but yourself. So yes, safe from Hobbit spoilers now. Okay. But if we want to go back into spoilery territory, separate spoilers here, this time for Iron Man 3. Oh, another strong woman yeah. character. Yay. So yes. So again, spoilers for Iron Man 3. I will also put the date, the, the time code in the in the podcast so you know when to stop listening. Because this, this is actual spoilery stuff. Okay. Like, I could see someone not wanting to know this. I sort of intended not to be spoiled, but then I was like, fuck it, I don't care. I actually, I, I will absorb spoilers for this movie. Because I just can't wait. <laughs> I'm like a kid who peeks at the presents before Christmas, uh, within this case. So, recently, there was a new TV spot for Iron Man 3. And it made pretty much no bones about it. Pepper Potts suits up. Yep. In her own suit of armor. Yes! 
Oh my god! Which is awesome. It had been sort of hinted and, and rumored because a while ago there was a Lego set where Pepper was in a suit. And of course, in the comics, she has her... She, she gets her own of, suit. She gets her own suit. She's rescue. That is in the that comics. is accurate to the original story. Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of a thought that maybe it would happen. But yeah, in one of the new trailers, or a couple of the new trailers, we actually see her in the suit. Her own suit. Made to fit her curves, her body, and yeah. everything else, which I'm sure... Well, it looks like her... At least it looks like her suit. I, I assume there's one scene where it looks like... Where there's probably... Tony is probably in his suit as well, so I'm assuming it's, like, her own suit. Yeah, I don't think Tony which, has space for boobs in his yeah, suit. Yeah, and really, which considering in the first trail, one of the first trailers we saw him saying, you know, protect the thing that I care about most, which is <laughs> you, an easy way to protect her is to give her a suit! Yep. So she's not quite so squishy. Squish. To protect her, her human squishiness. See, now all I think about is a yarn called Pepper Potts sitting in my hand going, squish, 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 squish. <laughs> Sorry, that's a knitter in me. Okay. But yes, so we get actual Pepper in a suit. And actually, there is actually one scene where we see her protecting Tony. Tony, yeah. And it's like, yes, this is an awesome I cannot wait to see this movie. Oh my god, that's awesome. Are you okay? I think so. How many more days is it until this movie comes out? A lot. If there's a midnight showing, I am totally going. I know. You, I know. I, I I am aware. I know. Yeah. I cannot wait for this. Oh, yes. And I should say, this is now a spoiler-free zone again. You are safe. Welcome back. And more movie news. More comic book movie news. Moving into Wolverine. Ah! Oh, my God. There is so much testosterone flinging around in that trailer. I think I grew a set of balls. Well, speak for yourself. My <laughs> panties were on fire, and I was a puddle of goo okay. on the floor, because damn. Or maybe it's just me and the whole, you know, martial arts thing. I'm like, dude, cool. True. We'll be watching the movie. You'll be critiquing the form, and I'll just be a puddle of goo. I can't wait till I learn to do that. Because, yes, it looks like the new movie, The Wolverine, it takes place, or it follows Logan's sort of activities yeah. in Japan. Yeah. So there is a lot of martial arts. There is also an interesting proposition to Logan from someone who says they can, he can reverse his healing properties. Basically stop him from being immortal. Yeah, which looks like it gives him a lot of chance to make angsty faces. It's Logan. He wakes up, in the, <laughs> he wakes up and he has an angsty face. Angsty face. It also looks like they were able to, you know, nicely piggyback on the filming of Les Miserables. Because in the beginning of the trailer, it's like, oh my god, am I watching the trailer for Wolverine or Les Miserables? Because he has the same hair and beard. You never know. At least know. I hope they, they got to piggyback on that so that he didn't have to grow it out more than once. Wolverine would have taken on Javert by himself and, you know, just, all right, bitch, that's enough. Oh, God. Like, the first line of Javert, Javert trying to be, like, a badass, Wolverine just put him, like, snitch through the throat. Sorry, bub. I don't like musicals. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Especially ones with happy endings. Like, Miss Rob does not exactly have a happy okay, ending. Okay, well, the, the young couple does get married. Come on. That's about the extent of it. Spoiler alert. Sorry. But, you know, as far as Logan's concerned, that's a happy ending. Anyways. <laughs> yes. uh, this movie certainly looks interesting. I'm, I'm going to really enjoy that. I, I know that the X-Men <laughs> movies are now starting to go into the, like, crazy numbers. Yeah. But I, I would actually kind of enjoy this one, I think. Yeah, this one looks like it could be interesting. I'm, and I'm sure it's like an entirely different group of people and stuff than that did the la than that did the last Wolverine movie. So I'm not even really sort of being like, oh, the last one was kind of sucked. So I'm not sure about this one. This one, I'll judge this one entirely on its own merits and not be worried about it because of the last one. Because the last one wasn't very good. 
I don't care. I only really remember one thing from the last one. I'm Canadian. <laughs> yes. And the entire... Theater cheered. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. And of course, it, it doesn't hurt that there's... Uh, there is a shot of Wolverine shirtless in the trailer. There's a shot of Wolverine in a wife beater in the trailer. And there's a shot of Wolverine in this amazing black suit. <laughs> with a black shirt and black tie. And holy crap, that man looks good when he is all dolled Build up. up. He does. Even with the little spiky hair. Flight of Seagulls hair. Well, taking yeah. you from X-Men and into Serenity. Or, well, one of the cast members. Okay, well, that was a stretch for a segue, so let's just go with it. Captain Tightpants himself is requesting a particular birthday gift. And it is your generosity and your charity for a charity that he has specifically chosen to highlight. And it is for building clean well waters for people around the world who are in need of it. Yeah, you can actually find his fundraising page at www.mycharitywater.org slash Nathan-Fillion, F-I-L-L-I-O-N. And basically he has challenged people to donate $100,000 to fund clean water. And 100% of donations go to, clean, to, go to fund clean water projects. He did say, um, this is a quote from his little spiel on the page. Did I mention we get to decide what the plaques on the wells say? Start thinking now. No reason this can't be humanitarianism humanitarian and hilarious at the same time. Which almost worries me. Yes, and actually, as of recording, you can donate until June 20th, but as of recording, they've already raised $80,000. Cool. Actually, $80,749, so it's even closer to $81. Way to go, Captain Tight Pants. So, uh, and there's been 2,895 donations so far. So, by the time you hear this, this might even be fully funded. There's no reason that they can't be aware of the charity to begin with, so. Yep. I don't know if this is something, you know, kind of like Kickstarter or something like that, where you can raise over Over the the amount. Considering it's a charity for providing people with clean water. I would hope so. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm sorry, you can't keep donating to give more people clean water. So, so far, 4,037 people will get clean water. Yay! And I mean, as he meant, and it's a, he mentions in his, the very first statement, is the obligatory, obligatory guilt-inducing statement, millions of kids around the world don't see their fifth birthday because they don't have clean water. So, obviously, this is a very important cause. And apparently last year, people helped celebrate his birthday by building 12 wells for over 3,000 people. So this year they're trying to get even more. And you can actually leave it, you can, when you do leave your donation, you can opt in to have your name displayed as well as a little message. A bunch of them are saying happy birthday. And if you want to see it, at the bottom of the page, there's also all sorts of um, information about us. They have their financials and things like that there too. So you can take a look, take a look at the charity themselves and decide if you want to make a donation. They have little buttons for give $20 and give $500, and then you can. there's another button where you can enter in another amount. So yes, hopefully by the time you hear this, it will be fully, fun, fully funded. But we wanted to mention it all the same. And now for something sugary sweet and fun. Literally. And considering what weekend it is, of course, one of the grand Easter traditions is the Peeps Diorama Contests. And as this is the fifth year of the Denver Post's Peep Diorama Sculpture Contest... I don't know why, but those things scare the crackers out of me. (laughs) The winner of the kids' division this year is eight-year-old Eleanor Clements, who used Peeps to create a diorama 
of the solar system. She's made a sphere out of the yellow bunny peeps, I presumably for the sun. Yeah, there's the sun, there's Mercury, Venus. She dyed, she painted a little blue peep with brown for Earth. Okay. She colored another one red for Mars. Okay. She used the ring from a canning jar lid. For the rings of Saturn. Saturn. Of course, the big question is, is Pluto in there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yep. Looks like Pluto's in there. Yep, the one tiny little dark peep. Yep, honorary mention at the end. Yeah. Barely visible against the black background, but that's okay. Well, it's a dwarf planet, so there you go. And actually, if you click the contest tab at the bottom, or link at the bottom, you can also see some of the other contests, the other winners. There was The second place one is kind of cute. Kids used a mountain of snow in front of their house from, like, snow being plowed up to create a little peep ski hill. Yeah. Including a little lift. And then it melted. Yeah. They have pictures of it after melting. And you'll probably want to check out the winner of the the adult division was Hipsters at the Food Trucks. Which you really have to see, if only for the little pipe cleaver mustaches. mustaches. And the tattoos. And and the sunglasses. sunglasses. That's cute. And the little cups of coffee. Alright, the question is, what would you have done for a peep diorama? Oh lord, I don't know, something Avengers yeah, related? Yeah, I could, I could see or that. Or Hobbit related? I think I would have done a zombie peep scape. Yeah, but they've probably gotten a lot of zombie peeps, like even the last few years. Alright, alright. But yes, yeah, so yay, go Ele- Eleanor! And what did she win? Congratulations she, on She winning. won more candy. Basically, she wins a giant box of candy from, candy from Just Born, who are the makers of peeps. So maybe her next project can be on the effects of sugar on human teeth. I or, so. you know, her parents might want to assign her a little, you know, extra work on research on diabetes and <laughs> other things like that. So let's go into Cravings, Covets, and, and Crushes. And this is something... Uh, last week when we mentioned, please tag your stuff, people, and how we couldn't find something. Uh, yeah, that's because we're idiots. <laughs> we were searching all over Tumblr and everything for the, oh, for something, God. and it turned out it was in our own damn thread. <laughs> when they find something I'm awesome, I'm sure thread. I saw that on I'm Mary sure Sue. I saw this somewhere. I know, I'm sure but I saw maybe it was IO9 or something like that and couldn't find it. It was our own damn yeah, thread. I was like, I'm sure I saw this on Tumblr, and it's like, yeah, it was our own damn thread. So anyway, yes, in our fi- found something awesome thread, we had... A link to the Lego Kuso Kusu site. It's L-E-G-O dot C-U-U-S-O-O dot com. And it's actually a site where people can post Lego set ideas and other people can vote on it. If a project gets 10,000 votes, Lego will consider mass producing it. This one in particular... This one in particular uh, highlights women in scientific occupations. We've got, an, looks like an archaeologist there. Yep. There was a paleontologist at the top. Yeah. And there's a chemist. She's got beakers and stuff like that. So that looks like a chemistry or biology lab. There's a female astronaut, female court justice. And we've got, she looks uh, like um, basically a wildlife falconer. specialist. Yeah. yeah. And this looks like a bio lab, I guess. Um, actually, an engineer designing a robot arm. Oh, cool. Way cool. And the one at the top of the page is really cool. I love that they have even like a little dino skeleton there, too. Yeah. Lego. And they're analyzing the bone underneath yep. a microscope Ooh, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, under a microscope. Oh, there's a zookeeper with a tiger. Businesswoman and mail carrier with a bicycle. What's down here? Construction um, workers, firewoman, and this is a um, welder. Mechanic. It says okay. mechanic. Oh, well, you know, whatever. whatever. 
mechanic that is doing welding. <laughs> looks like, anyway. But yeah, so this looks incredibly cool. It looks like the support for it is going somewhat slowly. Yeah. Right now, there's they've only got 1,895 supporters. So, people. people, tweet about this. Facebook about this. Post this on Tumblr. I will probably post this on Tumblr, but I only have about 17 followers, so I don't know how much good this is going to do. Because this would be really good for a lot of girls that like yeah. to play with Lego. Well, and especially considering, well, considering last year there was all kinds of flack because Lego was releasing sets specifically for girls. And they were just But they pink. were all, like, very, yeah. yeah, everything was pink and They're it was very stereotyp- stereotypical girly stuff. Well, yeah, Lego, amp it up. Yeah, it'd be really cool, especially because, I mean, they do have, like, the Lego City series of sets, so it'd be really cool to have something, things like this that could plug into that, where yeah. it's like, yay, it's a female engineer or a female chemist or something like that. Very cool. So yeah, so you can actually, like I said, you can find that in our Found Something Awesome thread, and we will link it from the show notes. Yes, too, now that we know blog. where to find it. <laughs> yes. Now that we actually have the link. Oh, yes. I showed this to Karen last oh, time, but we God. ran out of time. This is gorgeous. So there's a new design from the Verdant Griffin. Called Balin. And if you're thinking of a particular dwarf, you be right. And holy crap, this is amazing. Alright, word to the wise here, you have to love color working. And when I mean love, you have to have a very soft, squishy place in your heart for color work. Well, you can, you should even look at this really just to, like, just to admire the work that comes, that goes into it. Because, like, even if you're not, even if you don't feel like doing color work, you can still look at this and be like, damn props right there. Yeah. Because this is an amazing color work coat. That was designed after the coat that was worn by Balin in The Hobbit. Hobbit. And it's got this gorgeous, like, tessellated interlocking swirl geometric pattern swirl pattern, yeah. On the body of the coat. The border, um, and the sort of button band, though it doesn't appear to have buttons, and collar, is in a different two-tone system. Yeah. Color system. Which is also mirrored at the cuff. Yeah, and it's another sort of geometric, different geometric pattern. And it looks like there's little pieces like at the shoulder and halfway down the arm that are like little hems that are folded over or other pieces that are added in to provide little layering. And wow. And it's obviously, it's got to be done in like a fingering weight. Yeah, it's done in Bugga from the Verdant Griffin. So it's done in sport weight. So holy damn, it is amazing. Like I said, you really... Oh, oh, and there's texture there. Oh, yeah, there is. The lower sleeve. I didn't even notice that. The lower... The top half half of the sleeve has that same... The same uh, color work pattern as the body. The lower part of the sleeve actually looks like it has, like, a diamond... Crosshatch. Yeah, pearl texture pattern. That is amazing and really pretty. And I don't think I would ever make it, but holy crap. (laughs) And maybe an idea for Hobbit Alone. (laughs) Not mine. Don't even go there. And one more place to peruse. Um, this one is yarn. You conveniently left that on my iPad and I had to go and look at it. <laughs> you did that on purpose. Yeah, maybe. Um, so this is Twisted Fiber Art. And you can find it at www.twistedfiberart.com. And they do something really cool. They have, basically when you go to the front of their page, they have an image of their co- all their colorways. Or you can select between self-striping or evolution's yarn or roving. Click on one of the yarns, and it shows you all the striping yarns that are current, or all the yarns that are currently being dyed to order in either the striping or the evolutions or the roving. Um, I happen to click on the self-striping, and each skein it shows the skein as wound, and also shows it as knit up. I love that they show it knit up. Ooh, look at the vintage. 
that dark sort of burgundy and light green and sort of mossy to like Almost dark gray. olivey green. Yeah. Warlock is really cool too. But one of the things that's really cool is if you go to the Evolutions yarns, Evolutions yarns are gradiated yarns. Oh, it's so pretty. And they're, so it basically it starts as one color in the middle and progresses out to a different color. Yep. Or to a couple, or through it a couple different colors. Damn you. Depending on it. And there, again, there are swatches mm-hmm. of each of them. And basically what happens when you look at the self-striping or at the, the evolutions, the evolutions is available in fine weights and heavy weights. The self-striping is available mainly in the fine weights, I think. But what you can do is it shows the colorways. And then, at least in the evolutions, it says finer yarns or heavier yarns. You click on finer, let's say, in finer yarns this time. And so it shows it dyed on all the fine yarn bases that they offer. And all the bases are labeled. And then off to the side, what you do is you select what yarn base Mm -hmm. you want. And the number. And then click Add to Cart. And next to the yarn base, it shows the price for that colorway on that yarn base. But so you even get to see like how each yarn base takes up the color. And at the bottom of every colorway, they have the list of the base of the different bases, what they're made out of, and a little you know, what their weight is, yardage, everything like that. And which is nice because then it's at the bottom of every single colorway. You don't have to click onto a separate page every time. And they've got a lot of different, you know, versions they've got. Even just in the the fine yarns, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different kinds. Um, there's a bunch of, there's light fingerings, fingering, sport, light worsted, and there's the fluffy yarn, which is mohair and nylon. So it's a light fingering, but with a bulky sized halo. And so it's got all the details about that. And there are some gorgeous colors. To, display, to talk about that, I just clicked on crush, which goes from gray to like a deepish purple to a really bright, vibrant pink and softening into a lighter pink. Or there's ember, which is like red going into black and gray. Nymph is pretty. That's very nice. Ravelry. (laughs) With the Ravelry green and pink. Vintage is so pretty. As is Warlock. With black and gray and different shades of purple. Purple, yeah. Now when you go to their full page, they do have under our colorways, they do have a list of all their colorways. Come on. They don't have all their colorways available at all times. They do rotate them in and out. So what you see there right now might not be the same thing if you're listening to this podcast six months from now. It may not be the same colors. The colors that we just mentioned and we're drooling over, they might not be the same ones that are up there later. But you can see all their colors, and you can go into each colorway. It says each colorway gets dyed at least once every few months. Yeah, if you are interested in a particular colorway that's currently unavailable, you can go to the product page under our colorways, and there's a button to click where it says, email me when back in stock. It's right under the add to cart. So they, and they do get notified of those requests. So they both know, like, how many people are waiting for a certain colorway. Yeah. And then... We have to do this or the masses will start to eat us. Yeah. Type of thing. And then, you know, that way when it is available, you will get a notification that it's available. Okay. Another really cool thing with the Evolutions yarn that I was looking at, the price they give you is for... They do have set, like, skein lengths. But what they'll do is, if you're getting the Evolutions yarn, and the yardage for your project means that you would need more than one skein... Instead of them dying, because especially because it's dyed to order, instead of them dying, say if you needed three skeins, instead of dying each skein with the full gradation on each separate skein, so mm-hmm. that you actually had three separate runs through every color, they will take the full yardage 
of those three skeins and dye the pro- color progression over, over the those three skeins. Length. So instead, say if you needed if you needed three. So say if you needed the um, let me see. Their aerial yarn is 340 yards per skein. So say if you needed 680 yards for a project. Instead of getting two 340-yard balls, you would get one 680-yard ball. With the progression going, With the progression just going through the once. Just through once. So if you want to do something where you know you start with the one color and progress out to the other one, you don't have to worry about swapping balls back and forth trying to... Yeah. Get the colors the right the right way. That makes it really pretty. Yeah, which is really awesome. And actually, it looks like with self striping, there's actually some. They do have an option where with the self striping, you can get like the standard striping. You can get a long what they call long repeats, so the stripes will be wider. Mm-hmm. Probably depending on you know what it, what it is that you're trying to do. And then they also give you the option of getting a coordinating semi solid skein if you say wanted to do a pair of socks where the heel and the toe and the cuff are in one semi solid color that coordinates. And those are all options that when you click on your colorway and select your yarn. Cool. It looks really cool. Oh, and they have a club too. Yes, they have clubs. Though this one, it says it hasn't been the the FAQ hasn't been updated in a while. It says the next tw- twisted club will begin in February 2012. So doesn't look like there's any on offer at the moment. Yeah, sign up for our next club took place on February 13th, 2013. So we just missed signing ah, up for that. Boo. And all the spots are, are sold out. The next Twisted Club will most likely be available in late summer 2013. But if you're if it sounds like something you might be interested in, they do have all the details about how the club works on the page. So, yeah, there's a lot of really pretty stuff there. Um, And then finally, we wanted to share something from a listener... This went right to the happy feels. Yes, I, I forwarded the, forwarded this to Maggie with just the response of feels. Oh my god, yes. Um, basically, one of our listeners, Ryan, emailed us about after we were mentioning Doctor Who scarves and mentioned that uh, when he was ten, his aunt Noreen introduced him to Doctor Who, mostly the Tom Baker years, hence the scarf, and he kind of forgot about it for a while. But three years later, his aunt passed away from cancer. And then a few years later, around 1996, he happened to catch the last 30 minutes of the Doctor Who made-for-TV movie and brought back all of my favorite em- memories of my aunt. Since I had been knitting for a few years at that point, I decided to make a Doctor Who scarf. I went to all the local yarn stores and got all the stuff I needed. I was so excited that I started it that day. He says over the next few weeks, or the next week or so, he finished about four color changes, so about nine inches, then got really bored of it. <laughs> um, so it got hidden somewhere at the bottom of his stash. So fast forward forward to last year, which he's done a lot of knitting since starting the scarf, and in July decided that he would finish his scarf so he could wear it to the 20-year celebration of his aunt's passing that they were having in December. Whenever he got time between projects, he worked on the scarf, and he did finish in advance of the date. Nice. That he needed it. So even before July to December and finished it early. So when he because he had the time left, his wife came up with a good suge- with a suggestion of knitting a mini scarf for their nine month old daughter, who's named after his aunt. Aww. Feels. Yep. He says they weren't as huge of a hit at the party as I thought they might be, but then again, Aunt Nora was the only sci-fi fan in the family other than me, so I guess no one really got it. That's and he okay. even sent us a picture, oh which my is adorable. God. Seriously, seriously adorable. That kid has the coolest daddy. Yep. Coolest dad ever. So, oh, and we were all like emotional about this. It's so sweet. I love my little boy, but he's not getting a Doctor Who scarf. <laughs> he's lucky if he gets mittens and a hat for Christmas. 
So thank you, Ryan, for sharing that story with us. That's awesome. Yes. It's so adorable. And like we said, you were the best dad ever. Yeah. Okay. So we will let you go. Let you sink back into your... Chocolate coma? Chocolate-induced coma. <laughs> Hopefully not literally. Maybe, yeah. And we will we'll let you get you back to your chocolate. Yes, we'll let you get back to your chocolate and eating. And hope everybody is having a, a wonderful nice spring yep. time. Bye, and we'll everybody. You, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K N I T 1 G E E K 2.mt-pockets.org. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody.